Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. And we're about to get wild on a Tuesday. So I would like to just reconfirm with everyone. It is Tuesday. Like Gojo said at the top of the show, Charlotte is joining us today, not tomorrow. So don't be confused. You're not late for your appointments. You're not missing anything. Um, without <laughs> further ado, though, we do have Charlotte Wilder with us now. Charlotte, thank you for being here on a Tuesday. And I'm not sure. There we go. Sounder can... in effect right now. We're actually yeah. waiting to get Charlotte Sound still in here. Technical difficulties <laughs> okay. on the fly. This is show business, baby. But you guys can check out Charlotte Wilder Monday through Friday, four days a week, every day except Monday, co-hosting Oddball with Amin L. Hassan there, doing a great job. We got plenty of stuff on the NBA front I want to get to with yeah. Charlotte, Dad, including a, a lot of conversation and 
always kind of a difficult one to have surrounding Zion Williamson yeah. coming off. I saw Stephen A. Smith had some very pointed comments about Zion's weight coming off of the NBA's in-season tournament and some of the reaction to the way that he's looked there recently. And, yeah, this is something that's come up a lot and is always kind of difficult in sports because obviously in sports, simulta- two things can be true, right? One, your body is a commodity in sports. Like, your body matters to the team. We see the way that it's scouted all the time, the way that, you know, length, wingspan in the NFL, height, weight, all the measurables that are a part of a team's desire to acquire you as someone that's going to help them win. But then on the other side, there is also that human element. And I always go back to the coverage of Eddie Lacy, the former Alabama running back turned Green Bay Packers running back who was on the heavier side and was the subject of a lot of jokes and scrutiny during his time in the NFL. NFL and admitted after that that conversation about his weight affected him and affected the way that he viewed himself affected the way that he performed and I always felt so, so kind of bad about that on the back end remembering being someone who at times would comment on that and, and, and dad forgetting that not every, we don't know everything from the outside we don't know everything about these no. guys specific situations and so sometimes those conversations can border on inappropriate well th- they can but I'll say this I mean, when you're in pro sports, your your body is literally your temple. This is you're judged on your performance, and you can be judged on your body as well. That's to me, it's part and parcel. It's kind of kind of the way uh, it goes there. And, and with Zion, put up 36 last night in a win. Um, I, you know, the the bottom line is, does he? Now I know Shaq got on him as well. Does does he think? He has a problem. And and if he hasn't done anything by now, are we expecting him to? He's averaging, what, about 23 points a game? Him and Brandon Ingram, I believe, are, are averaging about the same amount, as I mentioned, 36 last night. I, the, the biggest question to me, uh, Charlotte, I don't know if you've been, been listening to the conversation, is what, what does Zion think of himself and think of how he is from a conditioning standpoint? He's here, he hears everybody barking at him. You know, but I wonder what his thought process is. Hi, guys. Uh, first of all, right. thank you. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Just kidding. Long-time <laughs> both. Um, you know, I've been thinking about this because my knee-jerk reaction is that I feel very, I feel bad talking about somebody's body. Um, and at the same time, what you said, Senior, it is part of his job to be in shape and if it's clear that he can't play as well if he's not in shape then you know it it it's a little it's a little weird for me um but i think what it comes down to is what you're talking about is does he want to do anything about this and i think the thing that's been a little bit troubling or a little bit like oh i don't actually know how much this guy wants to do this is that you know people inside the in the Pelicans organization have said to the Times Picayune like we can't get through to him basically like he's not interested in dieting or I mean I don't like that word he's not interested in um eating right eating foods and running a lot I guess you know like whatever you have to do to to condition and that's where it starts to be like okay you you do have a job to do here buddy and and to me What's a real bummer about it is that he, when he's good, when he's on, when everything's working, yeah. he's electric. So it's just like, what are, you know, what a waste. 
and, and I think that's kind of where I fall, Charlotte. And this is always my thought, whether it was a guy's conditioning or whether it was a guy treated himself in other ways, right? Like I had teammates that wanted to go out and drink during the week. I couldn't do that because I knew I was already working as hard as I could and needed to just to be viable anywhere near game day. But there were guys I knew that could go out there, drink during the week, drink closer to game day, and still go out and play well. And, and that's just one example. But my thought process as a teammate was always, as long as you can show up and handle your right. business, I don't need to worry about if it becomes dangerous, if it becomes illegal, then we'll have a conversation. And obviously being a good teammate is pulling somebody back away from that. But in general, it's if you're getting yourself ready to play and you're not endangering yourself or others, I'm not going to worry too, too much about your habits away from the field because that's your personal business here with Zion. It's kind of bordering on that. Like JJ Redick, his former teammate said this the other day, he's still not in shape despite everything he's gone through, despite numerous conversations with legends of the game about being in shape. He has not bought into his own career yet. And that's the thing dad where sometimes, and I think about this now as a 34 year old who is having to work on, you know, transforming my body after being right. big for my whole life. And the way that you approach it is there are so many things that I wish that I not even knew now, but took more seriously when I was a young person, when I didn't necessarily have to, that I would have been better for with my athletic career and just with my general health and wellness that sometimes you don't realize, especially when you've got all the ability of someone like Zion who's been able to go well, through life winning off that and that alone see that well that's the thing mike you and i to get where we got i mean we had to claw scratch and and, and it's one thing just to get where you're going but then to be one of the best and i mean that's what he was in college right i mean we've been talking about this kid forever and he's always been great and he's always looked like that and he's been great so much so he's the top pick of the draft and a lot of it is expected of him but as you find out, as you go up, you know, from high school to college to pro, it's different. And sometimes you have to change, but he's been successful this way. So in his, I'm sure they're part of it in his mind. He's like, I've done it this way. It's, it's led me to a pretty, pretty good place. So why change? It doesn't mean he can't or see the light at some point, but a lot of it is about even when you're considered one of the better ones, what do you do more to either stay there or get yourself going further. But, but it does kind of have to come from you, how you play. Listen, I played for three teams. I say that for this reason, is I'm gonna, I played with a guy, and it, because I played for three teams, I'm not mentioning the team or the guy. But this guy, like you said, you know, you had players go out during the week. This guy would go out during the week. This guy would go out and normally break curfew uh, to have a few drinks, like on the road before games. And he played on Sundays, and he was one of our better players. And so basically, in all honesty, basically the coach said, cool, go do your thing. Just don't take any players with you. <laughs> you know, uh, if, if you can still perform, sometimes that's all they care about. You know, do you still perform. So is he still performing? We see him averaging 23 points a game, Charlotte. We see him throw down 36 last night. We see him play, I think they've what, played 24 games. He's played 20 of those games. Maybe in his mind, he doesn't think he needs to be doing what they're doing, and he's still living off of what he's been able to do looking like this. Yeah, I do think, though, that it becomes a bigger, you know, it's an individual issue, but it does on some level become a team issue no matter what you do. In a sport that's a team sport, whether you can go out there and perform your best no matter 
what shape you're in, no matter how you're conducting yourself, fine. But that is going to affect the way other people on that team then see an imbalance going on. It's like, well, why, you know, and, and, and I also just think talent can only get you so far. Talent is a wonderful thing to have. Talent is very helpful, um, but it's maybe like 20% or 30% of of sustaining an actual career in anything. You really, ha you have to show up, you have to work hard, you have to choose and pick your places of where you're gonna make those sacrifices because anything worth doing, not to sound like an inspirational poster, but like there are gonna be things that you that you have to do to do your job or, or your passion well that probably aren't gonna be that fun. And I think at a certain point it becomes like, can you make those choices and can you figure out what works for you and what is sustainable that also works for the people around you? And that to me, you know, there's a press conference about a month ago or a month and a half ago where Zion said like, I'm trying to be bought in or something along those lines. And like, that's not a great thing to hear in a team sport from your superstar. So it, it, it touches a lot of things here that, um, I think Zion as a teammate is also going to have to start reckoning with at some point. And that's one of those things because we've heard going back, and I think JJ Reddick's mentioned this that sometimes he can be, you know, I just, actually I won't ascribe this to JJ, but I feel like we've heard it anecdotally that he's a guy that's sometimes been a little bit aloof from the rest of the team, hasn't necessarily been in those ways. And even that only matters to me so much, Charlotte, because being right. a teammate yeah. to me, especially at that level, it's not your responsibility, no matter how good you are, to necessarily be the leader to get everyone bought in. But your work habits and everything else are the thing that you use to show the others in your profession, hey, this matters. To to me our success matters to be my habits and what it means to be a pro versus just being a professional athlete all those things seem to be what shows up in this situation now to the original point about how talking about someone's weight converge on disrespectful like Stephen A. Smith the other day brought up the idea you know I think one of the things he said was you know Zion looks like he would you know he could reportedly eat the table or something like that he was talking about the way that New Orleans restaurant owners view him and stuff like that like when we get to points like that that to me is where it starts to get a little bit murky because it's still someone's body and while we don't necessarily always associate it that way in sports there can still be places where I think it crosses the line but in general Part of your physical appearance is seen as your professional approach when yes. it comes to sports. We're in the business of our bodies, yes. and that's the reality of it. It's exactly right. Yeah, it's exactly right. And you need to – so people want to see that look from you as as well. And, you know, as far as how far people go, that's what we're in the air and Take some hot take and, you know, say something that crosses a line, and, you know, that's – that's where we are, unfortunately. It's a shame, but you don't need to go overboard uh, on it. And as far as work ethic, I mean, who's been that standard? You know, you go to the other side. It's been Kobe Bryant, right? I mean, everybody talks about Kobe Bryant's work ethic, even though he was one of the greatest and how hard he worked. And if you didn't work hard in practice like him, he basically wasn't going to throw you the ball. He wasn't going to get you involved. I mean, so a lot of people see that and talk about, you know, Mamba mentality, and they're like, well, why doesn't this guy, or don't, shouldn't well, everybody be working like that? It's also LeBron. We just saw LeBron take right. over and win an in-season tournament at the age of 39 because he has like a cryo chamber probably next to his bed that he can roll over and fall into um, <laughs> if he's not feeling his best. Uh, and I, I do want to clarify something that I said. I, I only meant um, 
Zion in terms of being a teammate in in the way that environment affects other people. Um, I, I don't mean sure. that it's his responsibility to, you know, be a role model or carry the team right. like that. You know, these guys are paid to do this as a job. But but what I do think is that even at that level for professional teams, you see that the best teams and the ones that are successful are the ones where um, the environment is conducive to playing well. And I think that even someone saying like, I'm not bought in publicly, those are the kinds of things that can just chip away at morale or that environment, um, which is, it's such an interesting balance to me, right? Because here are these, here are these professionals who are the most unbelievable athletes in the world and environment still matters. Like it's still a team sport. It's not college where it's like you buy in and everybody believes the same myth about your team. It's not high school where like the future is what's most exciting. Like, this is it. You made it. And yet there is still such a huge part of that. You know, we make fun of or I make fun of heat culture <laughs> because I work with a bunch of people in Miami. But there is something there that works. They went to the finals with, I don't know if you guys heard last year, a bunch of undrafted free agents. So there is something to be said for people buying into something. Um, and I think you can see what happens when they don't. Charlotte, I think that's a great point is the idea of culture, this thing that we always hear about this amorphous blob in sport is basically just the sum total of your work habits. It's what's allowed, what's permitted and what's expected inside of a building. And yes, when you've got one of your stars who does not appear to be bought in that way, while it's not his job to lead, it does send a message to everybody else like, all right, well, we're only going to go so far and do so much if that's the attitude that prevails around here. And I guess it brings it back to the point of why so much of this is a focus on Zion is because there's so much talent here and because we all do believe he's got all of this potential and you just hope that the professional maturity catches up in time. Because, Dad, this is something I'm sure you saw a lot and we see a lot in sports in general is we forget at times we are handing the winning lottery ticket to 21 and 22-year-old yep. young people in these situations and yet we expect them to immediately go out and do these things and we've got unrealistic expectations because of how people like LeBron James or Patrick Mahomes handle these kind right. of moments with unbelievable grace with incredible work ethic with all of these traits that are so admirable but also are not common there's a reason there are so few players that end up like that but when you see the talent zion has you want him in the hope for everyone and that's why you hear jj reddick and Shaq and these guys who also look and see this saying yeah he needs to figure this out because every player has that moment where they realize i can't get by the way that i used to and you just hope it comes before you waste too much time and waste too much of what could be an incredibly productive career and guys, isn't part of it and why it's so frustrating is when somebody has, you see somebody who has all of the resources available to them. Like I tell myself all the time, if I had a personal chef and a personal trainer and a, like I could do all of these things. So I think part of it is people see these resources and feel that it's being wasted. And, and I will say to that end too, that's absolutely it. But we also do this comparative thing from the outside. And this is where I've got a level set. And remember, like, it's still a job for them. Like, he's got all those resources. Right. He's absolutely got things to make it easier. But overall, it's still a job. And it's not just a vacation from the norm. And, and as someone who had to eat for a specific purpose for a while, that can also be a daunting task where food feels like a job for you now in a way that over time can be really taxing. And for this, you know, 
for me it was gaining weight for him it's losing weight charlotte and so that still is a daunting thing that while it's not an excuse for letting this linger especially to the detriment of your career and to your personal life but i i, I still do think that there's that part we've got to factor in when we look at this from the outside comparing like that yeah, I mean, anything we're talking about here is unbelievably difficult. Like, I watch basketball games, and I'm like, how do they do that? Like, not even how do you, like, you know, how are you a beautiful three-point shooter? Like, how do you run back and forth that many times? Like, I'm 34, Dame's 33. And I was looking at him during the in-season tournament when they were playing the Pacers, and these young guys are, like, running circles around him. And I was like, yeah, Dame, I f he had the look of a like 30 something who's like a little disillusioned who's starting to realize that this is all really hard but he still wants to do it um and he's one of the greatest players ever so you know i think that the entire concept of of professional sports is um glorified in a way that the realities of it are often um not fully understood and at the same time like that's what the money is for. You know, in Mad Men, when Don Dre, when Peggy says, like, I would just like a little appreciation, and he says, that's what the money is for. It's like, well, okay, you did make yeah. a deal here. Like, there's a transaction, and you have a lot of money to do the thing that you're doing. So yeah. I'm not saying, like, oh, you know, the players are paid so much, they need to stop complaining and just, like, put on their boots and go to work. It's like, there is a, um, we're not asking them to do this for for nothing so i think that right, that also but, factors in and the one thing i'll say is i will, would never expect the public to say that about the players oh we know your job is hard we get it they're going to say you get paid tens of millions of dollars to go play a game and you know what i'm i'm not going to sit here and try and change their mind that's going to be their thought process and that's fine they'll say my god if I, I would do it for for nothing if i could do it first off no you wouldn't no you wouldn't um <laughs> you you wouldn't but it's just a different world that it's tough to sit here and ever say man this is hard or woe was me because you know unless you're saying in a group of people who are all in the same boat you know you try and say that publicly and you're just going to get looked at like are you kidding me you play a game and make millions and millions of dollars and that's true but yes it is extremely hard to get there and stay there but it's not something you you ever pull a what was me and i'm not saying zion is doing that at all no but dad to your original point is what it also took to get there has been one thing for Zion, and it seems what it's going to take to stay there and take the next step is going to be a completely other thing that he's still in the process of figuring out right now. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York.
Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Now with Charlotte here, let's go back for a moment to Monday Night Football, and let's hear from Tommy DeVito on his game-winning drive. Just go win the football game. Go execute a drive that we practice every day before practice, which is a two-minute drive. We do it every day, different situations. Um, I assume over all the practices we've had that exact situation or something very similar to it. So just go out, execute the offense, and go win a game. I mean, Tommy DeVito has just been so spectacular. And earlier in the show, Charlotte, we were talking about him and we were talking about his agent. And actually, Gojo, I have the quote now um, from his dad about the tailgate that they put on. He said, we're giving the whole Italian show. It's going to be craziness. We're going to give them the Italian theater they've been asking for. 300 chicken cutlets, got Italian sandwiches, baked ziti, sausage, peppers, rice balls, everything Italian. I'm going to have my guys setting up sandwiches with Italian headbands on. We got an Italian flag with Tommy's picture on it. They've been begging for it. We're going to give it to them. Wow. I mean, what's so there to say after that? It, it, it's, it's been overwhelming in the best ways possible. And Charlotte, you and I were texting last night during the game, and I, mm -hmm. I, I was trying to figure out before the comparison, and the only thing I could come up with, and it's not been the same top-end production necessarily, but this feels like Linsanity, where something has swept over the biggest media market in America in a very short amount of time. This one just happens to involve an entire family full of the most Italian people on earth apparently leaning into the bit. Well, I think the thing that, that happens when someone like this takes everybody by storm and surprises us and sweeps us off our feet, if you will, is that it's usually somebody that we on some level relate to or is not supposed to be there. Like Tommy DeVito went to Don Bosco in Bergen County. I'm pretty sure that's all right. My I'm married yep. to um, somebody who is Italian from New Jersey. Um, so this is like, I like, this is so real. Like when his dad talks about that, that spread, it's like, yes, we have to go pick up that spread for, you know, any family function, the antipasto from Cosmos in, in, in Bergen County, New Jersey. Like it, it's so real. And so, um, unpolished in a way that we are not used to seeing in sports and Tommy DeVito could not be in a more perfect market like this is this is where he's from I'm this is his this is his childhood dream coming true like I want to write a movie about Tommy DeVito and then the last scene is that he's handed the keys to his own car dealership you know like ah. Tommy DeVito Ford like this is what this is what I this it's a fever dream, really. And so then you've got this agent, and his name is Sean Stilato. Stilato? I'm not sure. He's from Salem, Mass. If you listen to him talk, he actually has a Boston accent. He was honored recently by the, um, you know, an Italian-American association in Boston. I stalked his Instagram. He's got, like, 2,000 followers. His website looks like it was made maybe in 2007. Um, and to, to see people like this who nobody expected to be there and who knows how long they'll be there. You know, this could be the start of the most incredible beginning to a narrative of professional football success, but it could also be like a beautiful blip. And so I think we all just really need to hang on and enjoy the ride for as long as we can, because I don't know how long we're gonna have this fedora wearing agent. Um, I just I just really love it. I really love it, guys. I can't, I can't stop talking about it. I, I mean, it's a great story. 
And but but at the end there, what you said, and we talked about this earlier, you're a thousand percent correct. We don't know where it's going to go. We don't know. We know that top draft picks that don't work out keep getting chances, i.e. Zach Wilson, Mitch Trubisky, the guys like, you know, Trey Lance. You know, they're going to have a team to go to. Guys like Tommy DeVito, who, again, spent his career at Syracuse and one year at Illinois, undrafted, got waived, undrafted by the Giants, got waived, signed to the practice squad, and the rest that they say is history. But we don't know where that goes. We don't, you know, with Gardner Minshew, it's worked out, right? So he keeps going. But I'm not sure. He makes 700. He makes the minimum this year, 750. Next year, he makes 900 some thousand dollars. I mean, he'll never be, you know, now any kind of cap worry that's not a worry it's can he be a player can he put himself in position to go into the Giants next year and be the the solid number two without right he's there well, right I, I, but I but I think but yes but and like that's the perfect level set though because you're right in Charlotte what this all goes back to is this is fun because there are no stakes like the Giants aren't going anywhere this season. Nothing's going to happen. This isn't what we wow, dealt with last wow. year with Michael, the 49ers come on, and Brock You got to believe. Uh, you got to believe. <laughs> I, I mean, it, you know what the funny thing is? Is this has been a ton of fun. And the Giants have rattled off now, what, three in a row? Their season was on the brink. You look at Bill Barnwell a while back compared the two New York teams right now. The Jets had been this disaster. Aaron Rodgers is going and chastising the organization for leaks coming out about Zach Wilson. And there's this idea that Zach Wilson didn't want to come back. And on the other side, you got Italian food reviewing Tommy DeVito and his agent walking out into the field, taking the world by storm. They have responded in very different ways. The Giants aren't going on and quite honestly have played themselves out of a top draft pick now. I think currently they sit at eighth in the projected draft order if the season ended today like that's not going to get you one of the two new quarterbacks so they're still going to have no. some existential questions next year about daniel jones and his future and what he can be for this team but that's all kind of suspended right now because this is harmless fun with no real stakes to it well it also feels very giants you know like it feels it feels very giants it's like we're going to give you something really fun and then we might regret it next year um, I do think, though, that something about Tommy DeVito and his family that's maybe deeper than just being sort of funny and stereotypically what you think of when you think of, you know, an Italian family from New Jersey is that it is, it's so, it, it's a family. And I know that sounds so stupid because I just said it's more than that, but there's a level of care and comfort and vulnerability, I think they're all showing by even him saying like I still live at home with my parents and there's no shame around that and they're all proud of how close they are and I think we live in a time where you're supposed to leave home and flap your wings and you know maybe move to a different city and and try to strike out on your own but that's sort of that's not hasn't been the norm for most of human civilization and and to see tommy and his family show up with like not only does he eat chicken cutlets at home but like we're gonna bring them to it we're gonna bring 300 of them to a tailgate there's something that is very warm and i think it just feels nice to see that in you know as we were talking about zion and these professional leagues and how it's a job it's also really fun to see like you know, the parents who brought orange slices to your youth soccer yeah. game are now bringing chicken cutlets to your NFL game. And it's just cute. It's really sweet. 
Plus, when you think about it, I'm sure he's not the only 25-year-old living at home. I mean, it's tough out for the young crew Definitely now, right? And, and everybody's saying, well, he plays in the NFL. Listen, he's making 750000 He certainly isn't buying a nice house, you know, for that with the interest <laughs> rates the way they are. He's gonna, he would have to go rent somewhere, and I'm sure he's like most 25-year-olds, uh, maybe who are, you know, have a job but not enough money to go on their own. Why not save money? I'll live with mom and dad. So, he's, hey, he's like one of us. That's what the public could say. He's just like us. He's young and he lives at home even though he has a job. Well, I mean, consider the way this guy started the season. He wasn't supposed to be playing. No. He's trying to figure out if each and every week he's going to have a job playing professional football or not, let alone starting and trying to lead a team. And so, uh, yeah, it, it is... Charlotte, to your point about the family, it is a good reminder that for so many NFL players, this is kind of the support system they got. Usually with quarterback, we're used to very carefully manicured, presenting as the CEO of the organization, this business, everything is very above board and buttoned up. And this feels a lot more familiar given the nature of that position, Dad, than we normally are allowed to get. I will say this. I'm willing to bet a lot on this. He will have his own place next year. You know I don't saying? know. I yeah. actually disagree. Well, I think he's becoming for him. Charlotte. He's becoming very popular. If you know what I'm saying. Oh so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know we, he may they might have a guest house place. basement situation. Yeah. Oh, we don't yeah. know. <laughs> it could be. You know how some of those basements have their own entrance. It could be one of those. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I tell you what. We need. There was another New York Giants quarterback who once very famously transitioned to a reality dating star. Jesse Palmer can be the archetype if we have a single Tommy DeVito. That's all I'm saying. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I cannot believe it has taken me this long to bring this up on the show today. I need everybody's opinions on this because I think two things can be true at once. One, I understand why the Lakers are going to hang an in-season tournament championship banner in the Staples Center or whatever it's called now. It's the Staples Center. Get over it. I understand why they're going to do this. It went incredibly well. We are all big fans of the in-season tournament. The Lakers get the prize. We've seen LeBron James and company turn it on in a big way that is great for the NBA, that is great for the long-term trajectory of this tournament. But also, 
the fact that the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers, are going to hang this banner in Staples Center next to all the championship banners that this organization won means that the minute they slip up, if they do in the actual NBA playoffs this year, Charlotte, the internet is going to come for them in a way that is going to be biblical. So, yes. Uh, uh, well, I mean, the internet comes for everybody. It's a matter of time. If it hasn't come for you yet, it will. Uh, it's come for me, and I survived it, and here we stand. Um, but I think that there's actually, to me, it's sort of a great move because of that. Because they're basically saying, like, we know that you're going to roast us if we lay an egg in the playoffs. But we are going to hang this anyway. And I think that to me is like, we're betting on ourselves. I also think that the in-season tournament, um, something that I really respect about LeBron is how much he wants other people to love basketball and how much he um, is all in for the league trying to make December and November basketball matter, which it did. Um, and he said after the after the win in the the NBA and he was holding the NBA cup and the MVP trophy, because obviously um, he was like, you know, there are guys on our team who haven't had that playoff experience. And also I wanted this to matter to people. And so if he wants everybody to buy in and if the league wants everybody to buy in and if the Lakers want everybody to buy in, hanging that banner is actually sure they'll get made fun of down the line if they don't make it far in the playoffs. But it's also saying like this thing in and of itself matters. And I also think the fact they also said like, if we win it again, it'll just be that same banner. Like they'll just put the years on the same banner. Right. It's not like they're going to keep, it's not like every year there'll be a new in-season tournament banner. Um, so I, I sort of admire it. I also think today doing anything that kind of risks you getting roasted is hashtag brave. So um, brave. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, listen, they, they have to, they have, plus they, they, they want to push their product, right? I mean, this was, this was an in-season tournament that in the beginning I was like, what the hell are we doing? The players didn't even know when the games were going on unless they walked out and saw a funky court, you know? And then to the end where they were buying into it more and more, I bought into it more and more. So I get, I mean, part of the whole thing had to be, guys, let's sell this product. You know, let's sell, we don't have to sell the basketball product, but let's sell this tournament so we have more meaning. I'm wondering if part of the deal, though, Charlotte, was you had to hang the banner. Do you have to hang the banner? Ooh. They said it's part of the deal. Did you, do you really want to hang the banner? Do you want to hang scenes. a banner upward NBA championship? Do you want to put you put on. it off to the side yeah, somewhere? Say, you know. Now we're getting into conspiracies. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be funny. I, I also feel though like don't teams always want any excuse to hang any banner? I mean, Harry Styles and Billy Joel have banners in Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. They also haven't had a reason to hang a banner in a long time. The Knicks, but you yeah. know, I think everybody sort of. Why not? And I guess that's the, the backdrop to me that's funny about this is the Knicks have been a franchise completely devoid of success for so long that you're right. Any chance they get any crumb they're going to take, this is the Lakers. It feels very different for that reason where it's like, all right, this is one of the premier franchises of the league. It's one of the defining franchises. The rivalry between them and the Celtics and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird basically saved this play, you know, saved the league. And now you've got to the point where they're hanging this especially given the way that people now view like their bubble championship and all that. It just, it invites a lot. I am broken, like you said, by the internet and the Colts AFC finalist banner that routinely gets <laughs> memed into oblivion. <laughs> but I, I do think dad is probably right that 
it might not be of an outright directive, but at the same time, it does continue to be one of those things that puts credence on the entire model of this thing that definitely worked. So congratulations to the Lakers and their fun banner. Um, one other random NBA question I, I had for you, Charlotte, and I don't know how much you and Amin have talked about this again, oddball, fantastic podcast that you can get every day, but Monday, where are we at in the Victor Wembanyama experience right now? Yeah. The Spurs yeah. just lost their 17th straight game. And while it hasn't been all Victor playing bad in this, he had 15 points, 18 rebounds, and five blocks in this game. He went one of six from beyond the arc. But this phenomenon that so many of us were excited about coming into the season, that for the early stretch of the season, really before the in-season tournament took over, and the in-season tournament was sort of looked at as, well, we've got an opportunity to potentially showcase a guy like Victor Wembignana. What a boom it would be for the league if he ended up becoming the star of this and instead Tyrese Halliburton showed up on our door and now we've got this awesome new star for the Indiana Pacers that we get to mess around with so I won't claim that I've sat around here and watched every Spurs game at this point because I haven't and Charlotte I do wonder if that's not necessarily a problem maybe that's a good thing what am I supposed to make of what we were sold with Victor Wembenyama mania and what the Spurs have become through the first half or so of the NBA season the Spurs are very, very bad. Um, we've talked about this a lot. I think Wembenyama has still put up some incredible performances. Um, and if they, a lot of times, if they do have a chance of winning, which they haven't actually won, but when they have a chance, it's because he plays really well and has, you know, does his crazy blocks. I feel like every time I open TikTok, there are Victor Wembenyama highlights. And I'm like, you do know that they just lost their 17th game, right? Like he's still doing crazy things, but that, doesn't matter so much if he's not helping his team win and we talk about an oddball but the the only reason that i don't think people are talking more about this is because the pistons just lost their 20th game in the row which tied uh, a single season record for uh games lost in the entire nba i mean this is the most games lost in a single season that the pistons have ever managed to string together um but i really think that they are carrying a they're they're taking a lot of the spotlight off of the Spurs because Victor still does have these highlight reels, but it's like, well, how much does that matter? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, don't know if you, right? Let, like, let's not let the truth of a win or loss get in the way of a good highlight, right? So, in the NBA, where is the line of you're a top pick, so the expectation is high, but where do you bring your team? I mean, you look at right of the team he's on. You know, with Pop, I mean, they brought David Robinson, Tim Duncan. They have, you know, fingers full of rings. They had the payoff of it. So the expectation is the payoff, or it's like Wembenyama is never going to win in San Antonio two years from now. Where is he going to go? Where is he going to go win a title? He's going to have to move around, you know, to win a title. In the NFL, you're a bust. If you're a, a high pick quarterback and you don't lead your team to the promised land and, and play well doing it, you're a bust. In the NBA, you can play extremely well. Your team doesn't make it. Uh, and all of a sudden, Charlotte, the talk is, okay, what team next is he going to go to? He's averaging like 19 and 11, but the team stinks. I think everybody knew that the Spurs were going to be bad. And right. I think the Spurs themselves leaned into that. So I think that the expectation they set might buy them some time. Um, I don't know, though. You know, it's a different it's a different era from from what we've seen before with the Spurs. Um, and I think at a certain point, like they're going to have to 
turn out of the skid um, because the longer this goes, the more those questions will come up. I do wonder if it's healthy long-term to not have all the eyes on you that we expected because when Big Vic first came over here, it was, all right, you're immediately expected to be one of the biggest names that this league has to offer. And so far, we've kind of allowed him to go on the back burner in a way that normally doesn't happen for number one picks. Part of that could be football season. We'll see what happens once we get to the Christmas Day games, to all that stuff there. You could certainly argue part of it's healthy, but I also look at it and go, all right, you know what? Good for the NBA then even more going back to the in-season tournament the fact that that was so successful and the fact that we've seen Tyrese Halliburton and all these other good things come from it in a way that's completely made me forget it or at least made me less anxious about the fact that all right we're not getting immediate dividends paid in return for Victor Wembanyama coming over here as the most heralded prospect since LeBron James and immediately becoming this day in day out news cycle feeding monster that I think we all expected him to be right off the bat. All right, time to finish off the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off onto your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us a five-star rating and check us out live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKings Network, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV+, Plus, Roku, all that good stuff. And check out Oddball with Charlotte Wilder and Amin El Hassan, our guest Charlotte Wilder, who joined us here on a Tuesday, not a Wednesday. So again, you're not late for anything. You haven't missed out on it. You didn't miss your appointment on Tuesday. We're all good here. We just had to change some schedule Sorry. stuff Sorry, around everybody. here. But that Thank means you. we get Charlotte here. <laughs> <laughs> but that means we get Charlotte here for this thing that in the third for our three quick stories to send everybody off into the day and let's guys start off with this as we've got some bull opt-out news from the world of college football one very impactful for the upcoming NFL draft in a lot of ways as North Carolina star quarterback Drake May who's one of the guys that's going to be in the conversation with Caleb Williams for the number one overall pick announced that he's foregoing the rest of his eligibility to head off to the NFL draft dad certainly no surprise here he's no, been one of no. the most talked about quarterback actually you know I shouldn't say that he's been one of the most talented no. quarterbacks and yes, under talked not. about because he plays for a North Carolina team that has not accomplished a requisite to the level of that quarterback for the last couple years even though he played Heisman-level football last year and nobody seemed to care because he was out there in North Carolina. So that is the kind of talented right. quarterback people are really going to meet in earnest for the first time during draft season. Yeah, I mean, nobody was talking about this guy, and yet, you know, here he's going to be, probably the second player picked in the draft behind Kayla Williams. But th this is where we are now. We're getting players opting out, and and this is when some of the old-school people kind of get disgusted that they're not going and playing for their team in their final game. And don't count me as my birthday today, 61 years old. Don't count me as one of those old school guys and now I'm old school in some ways but I have no problem with these players sitting with what they have riding on it to go into and we keep using the word meaningless and people aren't it's not meaningless there's meaning in certain aspects whatever however you want to deem the bowl game that's not you know a team in the final four that's fine but guys that are saying I need to preserve what I have right now and start working for the next level cool by me and I guarantee you all their teammates understand that as well Hey, happy birthday, senior. Thank you. Look at Appreciate that. that very much. I feel like I feel like Drake May is one of those guys where where casual fans only talk about him as like, well, you know, they could tank for Caleb Williams or Drake May. And it's like, do you know where he plays? Do you know what he looks like? I don't know. You just heard that on, you know, 
something like this. Um, so I think you're right. I think it'll be really fun for everybody to get to know him. I also completely understand opting out of a bowl game because why, like, if you have a chance, I think it's different things mean different things for different people, right? And like, if you're not gonna go play professionally and you're a senior or you're at the end of your career, a bowl game could be really fun, a great way to have a send off. If, if you're banking on the fact that you really want a team to take you, um, you're probably not gonna jeopardize that. So I think the meaning sort of depends on on who's talking about what means what, but um, it, 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 I get it. <laughs> I think that's a great point, actually, Charlotte, as a segue into uh, another opt-out we saw, one near and dear to us at Notre Dame. Sam Hartman, the Notre Dame quarterback, yep. penned a goodbye letter to college football yesterday and combined that with Notre Dame announcement, uh, a very funny internet meme announcement about their backup quarterback, Steve Angeli, starting the bowl game. It sounds like Sam is opting out of the bowl game, and he's not a guy that's expected to be a first-round quarterback necessarily, but he's an incredibly accomplished college player, one of the best college college quarterback statistically that we've seen come out in quite some time and Charlotte to your point some players like me at the end of my career I hadn't played and started a ton of football games and so starting a bowl game would have been huge for me on the back end no matter what it was it's another opportunity to get tape out there 50 plus starts into his college career dad yeah. nobody scouting Sam Hartman is going to learn anything about him in the Sun Bowl what it instead presents is an opportunity to get injured for a guy who's going to go out here and try and do what we've seen the Aiden O'Connells of the world other accomplished college quarterbacks Right. who might not have NFL measurables saying my best shot is to make sure I roll into camp healthy. You've got a ton of tape on me right now. And so I can't trip over the finish line. I completely understand it for Sam. Obviously wish him well. He came in and embraced our university in right. very short order, was an exemplary leader, was a really fun college player to watch and show. Wish him all the best in the next leg. He's got fans for life over here. I can say that much uh, about Sam Hartman. Uh, guys, let's get to that though. On the other side of the uh, feel goods in here, we had an interesting directive from 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan in head of this rivalry game against the Seattle Seahawks, where apparently, Dad, we saw uh, DK Metcalf get into some fisticuffs there with Fred Warner, the star linebacker of the San Francisco 49ers. And according to the San Francisco Chronicle, apparently going into this game, Kyle Shanahan, their head coach, had basically said he would give an extra Christmas present for whoever was able to get under the skin of DK Metcalf here. Does this bring you back to a little bit of the Bounty Gate stuff from your days as a player, Dad, make you feel all warm and fuzzy and nostalgic? <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that he just words it differently, right? We just threw up hard, cold cash to knock somebody out of a game. We were pretty pretty you know straightforward with it and you get the money as long as you did it legally there was honor amongst thieves it couldn't have been a play where you got a flag if you did it legally you got the money so he just worded it differently i'll give you a present money if you get dk metcalf out of the game yeah get him mad and kicked out or hurt him uh-huh okay what's the difference what's the difference it's just a wording difference right yeah Maybe. i just like the Sorry, no go, go ahead, ahead charlotte no you go charlotte no, no, please, just you hang up first. I'm begging um, you. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of like get under his skin because to me that could be like tickle him, you know? Like there was no, it, it's like how you can, you got to be creative. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, apparently at a team meeting on Saturday, he was, like, showing clips of DK Metcalf, like, getting upset in previous games. And he was like, this is what we're going to do to this guy. <laughs> just We had we wild. had a player in Ron Heller who I played against. He was at Penn State when I was at Notre Dame. And then we played together in Philly and played together in Miami. He was that guy. He knew what guy on the other team 
had a, a temper and he would hit him late, hit him on the echo of the whistle, shove him in the back, do something. And then he would just put his hand, Ron Heller would put his hands in his side and let the dude pop him in the face mask or something and get a flag. And then he would just laugh at the guy pointing the flag and walk back to the huddle. It was hilarious. He got so many guys baited into that. It was great. Now, it should be noted that the author, I think it was Michael Silver, walked this back a bit and said he believes that Mike, Kyle Shanahan wasn't being literal in his offer here because this is the yeah, kind of thing that we. you have to do, like saying allegedly before something so that you're not actually talking about offering a bounty. Uh, but let's get to someone that went fully across the line and get to the third here. The Turkish Football Federation has suspended all leagues on a night of shame for the nation's football <laughs> after one of the team presidents punched a referee in the face at the end of their Super League home match against a team that's name I can't pronounce here. You had the president of a club, Charlotte, come down and punch an official in the face. And a weekend where we're arguing and beefing about the end of the Chiefs game here, this is a reminder that there's levels to this right now. And Patrick Mahomes berating an official, lesser than sign, lesser than sign, lesser than sign president of a team actually assaulting a referee yeah i was gonna say okay you know makes the chiefs look real soft doesn't it <laughs> let's see yeah. let's see one of the hunt family let's see a member of the hunt family come down and really show them what it's about i would pay good money for that i'm not i am not condoning violence but i mean it would be a great could visual. you could you imagine that would be akin again to the nfl a gm you know, at the end of the game, getting mad, talking to an official and punching him in the face. I mean, I couldn't even fathom that happening yet. You know, here you go. We know soccer, you know, how, how huge and monstrous it is. Obviously, the most uh, uh, popular sport around the world. But that's what it would be a comparative to an NFL GM popping a ref after a game. I mean, the, Turkish president, the Turkish president commented on it. Like, he took to Twitter to voice to voice his concern for the situation. So you know it's bad. I mean, we always talk about when things happen in the middle of a game and there's a big hit or there's a play, especially after a whistle, like a dirty play, where people start to go, that's assault, we should call the police. And we all never really know fully what to do with that because it's sports and it's basically a bunch of legalized assault, especially in these sports. Anyway, this one, a Turkish court is actually saying this guy needs to be arrested. And we're all kind of yeah. like, yeah, he probably does need to be arrested because that is definitely assault. So uh, pretty metal. make pretty sure metal. you go off into the rest of your day. Maybe a little bit too metal here. If you too believe metal. this podcast and Oddball with Charlotte Wilder and Amino Hassan are just the right amount of metal, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review them. Leave them a five-star rating. Enjoy yourselves. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.